So welcome to the People's Vote March Watch, formerly known as Cake Watch and in future to be known as Cake Watch, but for one week only we've changed our name. Uh, my name is Chris Kendall, I am um, a, an EU official and this week I want to make my disclaimer very clear. <laughs> Absolutely crystal clear. I am podcasting and recording this in a strictly personal capacity, Steve. As you do every public pronouncement. As I do every week on by a podcast. whatever media. And as I do on Twitter and as I do anywhere else you might see me. Absolutely. And this I actually tell you. <laughs> yeah. Even in the street, even Chris the street. is speaking in a personal capacity. And also with me, Steve Bullock. I am an ex-negotiator for the UK in the EU and now work for Scottish MEP Alan Smith, but I'm also here in an entirely personal capacity. So, yes, so um, there's a reason why we're emphasising the disclaimers this week. Um, And there's also the reason why we didn't record last week. Um, We're sorry to everyone. Um, We did actually sit down to to start recording last week, but it came at a difficult moment because, um, yeah, no, I had a a bit of a, uh, what do we call it? <laughs> running contretemps, a contretemps. We had a bit of a, I had a bit of a contretemps with some a bit of a hoo ha, a bit of uh, yeah, with um, with some uh, critics um, of us, me personally, the EU. Who do you generally, mean, who do you mean? Who do you mean by us, Chris? Well, it started That's out the with um, you have to be clear who you mean by us at all times. Exactly, <laughs> who's us was the question who's that us? was asked. Um, yeah, no, I mean, without wasting too much time and energy on, on, on this, um, uh, the fact that I'm an EU official tweeting and, and speaking in a personal capacity um, was stunningly scooped by Brexit Central, who <laughs> did an amazing piece of journalism, investigative journalism. They read my Twitter bio and established that actually I'm, I'm an EU official. So that may come as a shock to our listeners, but... After how many years of tweeting, Chris? (laughs) How long have you been on Twitter? Well, I've been on Twitter since... um, For over eight years, actually, but... um, I must (laughs) say, initially... initially, For 95% of the entire life of Twitter, (laughs) I've pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, initially, actually, I didn't... I I did try to sort of uh, keep it under the radar, you know, but but I... In due course, I thought, well, actually, do you know what? No, there's no point. Um... I think actually, you know, I think that my voice is more interesting and useful if people understand that I'm, you know, I, might be, I may be speaking in a personal capacity, but the fact that I'm, I am somebody who works for the EU and knows the EU is useful and interesting to people. So, you know, and that's yeah, an essential not, part of me. So that's part of my it's voice. Not just what, it's not just what some random bloke re- happens to reckon. Right. So, yeah. So, but you've, um, had a, but you, you've had a blog for as long as that. Well, exactly. Well. I've had a blog Your for Your blog's really well known in Brussels, so, yeah. So, in fact, what happened is that their big, their big scoop was to out somebody with, what, 10,000 followers on Twitter who's been doing yeah. it for eight years and who has a blog that is quite famous in Brussels. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and that, and that was their, that was their, that was their scoop. That so was their scoop. Of stuff, but of course, um, it, I mean, it's no biggie. I mean, it's Brexit Central. It's 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 hardly it's hardly earth shattering. You know, they're 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 uh, they're a known quantity and um, <laughs> a known coming quantity from a, of coming, yeah. Well, they're coming from a very specific angle, and and we take them as seriously as they deserve to be taken. But of course, the issue is that what they write does tend to get picked up within the leave bubble and yeah. then recycled and, and and sure enough that's what happened so i, I know that i know from con, from from various contacts that um that the piece had been picked up and discussed among um among leavers including leave ME, leave mps you know so i know i know that that was going around because it provides- i heard that you were the talk of erg actually <laughs> of what i heard did you did you hear that i did i heard that yeah it might have been you that told me that, but somebody definitely told me that. Well, I won't reveal my sources because uh, <laughs> <laughs> never. But, um, but of course, the, we should the say as well. Sorry, we, I was just going to say we should say as well that you tweeted a photograph of yourself, essentially with the the British press press yes. corps in Brussels <laughs> in did. the pub, having that was, a drink with them. It was me with the Telegraph Times, Daily Mail. And Daily Express correspondence in Brussels. <laughs> very, it was very gammon. So, in fact, if, in fact, if Brexit Central had simply asked any of the right-wing press's Brussels correspondents, who have to be, have to, have to be. Let me, let me be clear. I mean, the, these guys are actually. This may shock you, listeners, but they're really nice guys and a great value to go out for a drink with. Uh, not that I always agree with everything they do in a professional capacity, but then I suspect they don't always agree with everything that I do in a professional capacity. But we're all real people, so you know. Yeah. On the on the on the other hand, their newspapers did try to <laughs> did try to destroy you. So. Well, it was um, well, it was it was. I mean, the worst culprit was Rod Little in the Sunday Times, who quite explicitly wrote an article seeking to get me sacked. Which of course will not work. Yeah, <laughs> I think Rod Little's <laughs> views on my employability will not be taken super seriously by the European Union. But <laughs> I'm not sure you're going to put him down as a reference on your Europass CV, were you? But um, it is interesting because what, of course, what happened? So, so this is this is what I found more worrying you know, during the week. I mean, I got great support from. Oh, it was fantastic! I got absolutely terrific backing from um, obviously uh, a lot of friends and followers and so on but also from 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 the office who um you know who were really supportive of my um freedom of speech my right to express myself so that was that was that was super so that was really good but um obviously there was there was the fear that the the, the brexit central piece would be picked up by more serious and yeah. widely read newspapers and recycled without them then doing the, re- the due diligence and the research and that's exactly yeah. what happened so you had yeah, people yeah, like Dan Hannan and Rod Little who simply took as at, at face value the story as it had been run by Brexit Central and then took this um, quote you know that the, the had been taken out of context and used oh, yeah, it, it, was one, say, it, was, it was it was one tw- one tweet from a thread right yeah it was a tweet it was a thread where I had been saying look you know if if the winners, the so-called winners of the 2016 referendum, had been a little bit more um, conciliatory in their victory and had reached out a little bit to the losing side and said, well, you know what, we need to build... You know, it was a very narrow win. 
Um, we're divided as a nation. We need to do something to try and bring us together. If they'd done that, I think, you know, we might be in a different place right now. But the fact that they did yeah, the opposite right. of that is what's led to this polarization and this anger and this feeling. And we'll come to this with the march because I think you really sense that anger at the yeah. march. We, you've now got this feeling among a very large group of people in, in, in the UK who feel that they have been completely excluded from this most momentous decision. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and their voices have been told lost. told that it's nothing to do with them. And that's Shut where the you, anger comes from. Yeah, so this is why you know, peop- those people feel no loyalty to this result, feel no – they don't own this result. No. And people coming to us and saying, well, you need to get behind us, you know, th- we need to come together – there's no appetite for that whatsoever, and that's the point well, I was trying to make. I mean, it was a bit fucking yeah. late to start talking like that. But the way well. the way the way it got picked up um, by Hannon and by Little and and and, and so on was to say, I'm well, he's the one who's being polarised. He's the one who wants us all to yeah. fail. He's the one, you know. Congratulations, by by the way, by being personally attacked by Dan Hannon, though. <laughs> I mean, that is a that's an achievement. I, I aspire, I aspire to that. Huh? Well, you, you, you've got some you've got some pretty good scalps on under your. Under your belt. Oh, uh, yeah, a, p- a personal attack from Dan Hannan, though. Yeah, I'm still aiming, still aiming for that. Uh, yeah, Nadine Doris. I mean, oh, I did she's have about Nadine, the same, same intellectual level. That's <laughs> <It's> very true. <laughs> Le- same level of understanding. Yeah. But I think that, uh, what I got from, from, from what happened is really this overriding sense that it's not good enough to have... It's not good enough... For the ultras to have won, that's not enough for them. It's not good enough that mm. you know unless something happens, we'll le- we'll leave the EU. They want more than that. They want they want to crush all opposition. Yeah, they they want, to crush, want yeah, everybody crush the everybody to believe in the kind of society they want. Everybody to believe in the in the the, the future they want. Yeah, and when and and when and it didn't have like you say it didn't have to be that way. And we're not. We're not going to do that because the future that they want is is, is, a, is a, a ghastly one that's, yeah. that's you know anti-pluralistic and authoritarian and well, I th- I think we're not going yeah. to participate in that. No, I mean if, to me it's clear. It, it clearly points to their insecurity. I think that they, if they had felt secure in their own arguments and their own beliefs and their own judgment and in their own victory, they wouldn't have needed to respond this way. I think yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. all about their very profound. Uh, insecurity, and let's be honest, a perfectly justified insecurity. There's a reason they feel so insecure. There certainly is. You know? <laughs> but I mean, this took this took this took somebody, uh, a, you know, a kind of day or two <laughs> to put together. I mean, the idea that they uh, that that <laughs> this is all they've got left in the tank. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the other thing I wanted to talk about. I think this is worth talking about. This was not some random confluence of leave opinion this was very much orchestrated from the start yeah. so let's yeah, let's yeah. let's work back what happened was i tell you where this kicked off this so i did two things uh last week and the week before so one was i i did a, a fairly detailed thread challenging chloe west of the taxpayers alliance yeah on her assertion that the EU wasn't wasn't democratic, and I, I, yeah. I produced quite detailed arguments as to actually no, you're wrong. It is. This this then did, you know, got a, a great deal of uh, 
this ag- agitated a lot of people a great deal, and I got an awful lot of abuse back for that. And from from one account in particular, and I'm I'm going to be careful now about what to say, but it, yeah, I, I, I don't mention the account. I think there was a very strong sense that you know this account, which had appeared out of nowhere overnight, and had a great deal of similarity with a number of other accounts, uh, was pushing a certain narrative which was false. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And um, I went to bed on Friday night last, a week before last, uh, having just seen this, and it frankly kept me awake and really annoyed well, me. Well, this was, again, this was, this was, a, this was a, a thread on... Um, a long and detailed thread on how the EU wasn't yeah. was was fundamentally anti-democratic, yeah. and it contained howling factual inaccuracies, not not matters of opinion. No, no, no. They were, I mean, they were howling factual inaccuracies. Well, they, were, they were outright and, lies, weren't they? Uh, yeah, and de- and deliberate uh, deliberate misdirection. And we know uh, they were lies because it was presented in a, in a what ostensibly came across as a non-confrontational way, reaching out to Remainers. We must compromise, but framed within this narrative of the EU as some kind of uh, evil, anti-democratic um, organisation and, and just full of lies, downright lies about it. And so um, this, this kept me awake. Um, and, I, and, and so I sort of in the early hours, I, I, I put together another quite detailed thread. Taking a fisking, I think. A fisking, yeah. It's, it's a yeah. good old-fashioned fisking. And I took it apart. And this clearly deeply riled at least one person <laughs> who then not only did they then um try to get me reported to to, to the office to my to my well, they, to my I work. mean they encouraged their followers to report you yeah. to so they they pulled yeah. out a, 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 a an official form uh for people to fill in and, and, and get me reported to my office for for breaching civil service rules my Twitter account was also temporarily suspended because it had clearly been um, reported by a large number of people and I had to prove that I was a real person to get back into my account. Mm. But then all of a sudden, lo and behold, ah, leading Brexit bloggers are putting together stories on me. and you know. So this felt very orchestrated. And this isn't about, woe is me, uh, no, no. Poor old me, I'm, I'm being attacked. Help, help, I'm being oppressed. No, this is about, look, this is what happens when somebody comes and confronts this disinformation with facts. Yeah. This is what yeah, happens. They are try- people try to shut them down. You know, because, I mean, the normal response, to, and the sensible response, frankly, would have been just to pull out, just block these people, ignore them, just pull out. Because, I mean, who needs this shit, frankly? Or double die on the. Uh, I mean, from their point of view as well, they could uh, ordinarily they double down on the lies. But I think, as you said, they see the they see the emerging danger. They see. I mean, people have become uh, much more knowledgeable about yeah. how these things work in general. Yeah, and particularly in these bubbles on yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have. We all have. Yeah, I mean, we all have. And, and, we, you know, we all have. and we, 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 you know, you and I, Steve, have, have direct personal experience of working in this stuff, and we know it really through osmosis. But yeah. there are other people out there, some astonishingly good tweeters, people like Jim Cornelius and Steve Analyst and so on, who have, um, from nowhere, learned such a lot 
and inform themselves in such detail and they have such a fantastic capacity for presenting uh, yeah, facts yeah, so. in, in, in a convincing and a cogent and a, di- and a digestible way. And, and you know there are lots of people, and it's fantastic. So, you know, this is this is how we combat. This is how we combat this tactic of disinformation. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, so I mean, ultimately, to, to just to sort of draw a line under this particular bit of the podcast, um, it's all good. I'm still here. I haven't been sacked. <laughs> and, well, they're massively, well, they're massively pissed on their chips, actually, because yeah, they're, 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 put on two thousand followers. <laughs> you, you've got loads more followers. The the, the cake watch. Podcast website went down under the load of people listening to it, which is another reason why we didn't really record last week. Because when when we normally would have been publishing it on Wednesday, on Wednesday morning, um, the site was we couldn't reach the site because there were so many people trying to access it. <laughs> we broke it. I did feel bad that you know the the one week we didn't do one, the one that we left standing was the unbelievably sweary one. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. But there we go. So I have, we actually we have a bit of follow up to to that. Yeah. Um, we had one reaction to it, which was, I was a bit sweary. That was your boss, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. So we're so we're taking that into account, and uh, we're going back to our normal. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, less sweary. Yeah. We we, we what we did was last time we dialed it up to eleven, didn't we? And, we and did. we're going to dial it and back that's to one, sort of. Four. And that's one louder. Yeah. Yeah, That's a terrible accent. What accent was that? I don't know. Was that what you were trying to do, Nigel Tufnell? I was trying to do N- Nigel fucking Tufnell, isn't it? Nigel. See, he's American and he does a better accent than, than that. Oh, Christ, I know. That's <laughs> dreadful. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to try Nigel Tufnell again. <laughs> anyway, Listen to that sustain. Sorry? <laughs> right. Listen to that sustain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't even look at it. Playing, don't even look at it. You can't see this, but Chris is playing air guitar now. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't good po- podcasting, was it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, "This, this that's a stain." <laughs> so that, so that was the follow up. Um, yeah. So what, what's happened while we've been away, Chris? <laughs> well, uh, it's been another couple of, it's been a co- quite a couple of weeks. Where do you think? Do you think the Brexit weeks are like, you oh, know, dog dog years after are. human years? And I've know? remembered. This would I would be very cross with myself if I didn't. This is one last reference to this whole shenanigans where um, where the, the Leave work. Collective get super cross with uh, a British diplomat uh, for being well. What was I? What were they accusing me of? I know they were accusing me of all sorts of terrible things. And like in the meantime, there was the Britain's number one top diplomat, the Foreign Secretary. <laughs> Saying fuck business. Fuck business. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I've known Chris for, and I've known Chris for ages, and you have never said fuck business. I've never heard you say that. Never. I've said fuck. All the conversations we've had, and I've never heard you say no, that. No, I have said fuck, and I have said business, but I've never said fuck never business. Said fuck business, and yet Boris did. <laughs> Even though I, I mean I am obviously what? a super senior diplomat. <laughs> what world are we in? I mean, are we in the are we in the matrix? Are we in the matrix? Firstly, where, where Boris Johnson is. So I heard the. So you know that he was trying to avoid the. Uh, he was trying to avoid the vote on so the Heathrow runway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because he'd said that he would lie down in front of the diggers, yeah, to stop it happening, yeah. And at one point this afternoon, it was reported that the Foreign Office uh, was refusing to say where he was. 
But apparently within minutes of landing, I can't remember what it was, but I just saw the headline that within minutes of landing, I think it was in Afghanistan, he, uh, he created another diplomatic incident. <laughs> he's inside the tent pissing out, he's outside the tent pissing in, he's inside the tent pissing on everything. Yeah, he, he, yeah. And, he and Donald Trump. So, yeah, so if, you, if you're going to go around criticising currently serving diplomats, I would point to the chief, I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's stop talking about me uh, and, uh, and and let's stop talking about Boris Johnson temporarily because we've got a really good news story this week to talk about and I'd like to talk about it. Are you going to do are you going to do, do you want to use that as a unicorn chaser? Well, a unicorn chaser because there's a bad because there's a bad story first. Okay. That we that we haven't discussed, which yeah. is the meaningful vote. Yeah. That's and the true, vote on yeah. the meaningful vote, well, that, and the so, capitulation on the meaningful vote, but but that to be honest, in because of this Brexit dog years, Brexit weeks yeah, is dog years. Thing, that seems a long time. Ancient history, isn't it? The meaningful vote. So yeah, and let's actually talk about as well, that. Actually, actually as well, well, also actually, Romaniacs put out recorded their podcast yeah, last week during it, and then put out a Friday uh, Friday emergency cast as well. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, so maybe it's been done death, but they're all over, I mean, suffice they're all over it to say. Um, the rebellion petered out with a whimper, essentially. Yeah, well, look, look, maybe we should talk about it briefly. I mean, I, I, I can only, I can't talk about the parliamentary um, complexities, the institutional, uh, where, you know, the dynamics, um, the arcane, you know, I mean, all that stuff uh, really passed me by. All, all I know is that politically, this was an opportunity for the so-called rebels to defeat the government and produce a political dynamic which would have led towards a softer Brexit, and they did not take it. Yeah, they did. Well, some well some some did. It's very some unfair. Did, but but the, it's very unfair because uh, Anna Super did, and Ken Clark did. Yeah, so so so. And um, is it? The, the the chap who resigned, Philip, Philip, Philip Lee. Lee. Yeah, and um, a couple of others did. So it wasn't all of them. We should be fair to the ones who, who That's did. That's right. Um, but it it did... I I, did, I felt really gutted. I, I really felt gutted by it. I felt that there was a massive opportunity that had been lost, and I felt that, you know, we had... In, in a lot of the conversations yep. that we've had about this, Steve, we've been very much focusing on Parliament as being the exit route. That Parliament then leads to a, uh, a people's vote, uh, then leads to a withdrawal, a suspension or withdrawal of Article 15. That's our way out of this. And uh, my feeling was, rightly or wrongly, my feeling was, you know, maybe there are still routes out of this, but they all depend on Parliament. And if Parliament didn't show up then, you know, last, time, you know, last yeah. week, this time, wh- why, sh- why is it going to show up? In a few, at a future occasion, it just, I just don't see it. So it just it felt really it felt really depressing, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, on the on the on the technical side of it, the ability to amend that motion on the not a different not not, an, not another motion. I mean, the House of Commons puts down motions. We put down opposition motions, and the government just ignore them. Um, but the actual motion on the withdrawal agreement is one that they, you know, the, the, they wouldn't have been able to ignore. And if that isn't able to be amended mm. to, direct, to direct the government or put conditions on the ratification, such yeah. as a, a people's vote, 
then certainly the the roots out technic, in technical terms yeah. the roots out look look much harder to find now having said that though if parliament really wants it they will find a route what was more depressing though i think is <clears throat> um parliament seeming to be showing that they they didn't want yeah. to they didn't want to keep that competence they didn't want to keep that role if if needed and i was really struck i was going to ask you about this that the I mean, we both know how much time is, in inverted commas, wasted in Brussels, spent in mm. Brussels, dealing with interinstitutional yes. <laughs> stuff. Um, and I don't think there's a bigger defender of its competences no. and its powers than the European Parliament. The European Parliament yeah. will go to extraordinary lengths, um, sometimes to its short-term detriment. Yeah. You know, to keep its position as the elected assembly, that it takes, you know, that it it it, it takes us seriously because it doesn't matter so much. And then to watch our parliament in contrast to that. I mean, I was in a conciliation committee once. You know, the the end of a pro- two year process of legislation, and mm. there was there was nothing left to disagree on between parliament and council on the substance of the regulations. Mm. The only thing that was left. Was an was an institutional issue. Was an was a, was a, an issue where Parliament felt that it should that it should have power where the regulation still wasn't going to wasn't going to give it a a, a role or a big enough mm-hmm. big enough role or, or, or the powers that it should, thought it should have. And Parliament took this right down to the right down to the wire with with important regulations and for good reason. I mean, I, actually, as it happens in this case. Um, the council's position was that they were wrong, and I, I actually t- tend to agree with that in in in, uh, in legal terms. That was my analysis at the mm. time. But the point was they had a right and a duty to try to protect their powers, and then yeah. to watch the contrast with the UK Parliament. Essentially, what was what was <laughs> the question was: Do you want to have power to control the government in you know this set of worst ca- of, of of worst and very bad case scenarios? And Parliament kind of shrugged its shoulders and went, man, not so much, no. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the English Civil War it wasn't, was it? It was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, so I, I mean, I found this very depressing. But, yeah, I know. But, but then I have been cheered by, I have been cheered by events, events since because, you know, Parliament moves with public opinion as well. Yeah, so, yeah, let's, let's start sipping that unicorn chaser shall we because um it, it, it's very it's delicious. it's very savorous and delicious um i was actually i i i was actually so pissed off by the damp squib that was the grief rebellion that i actually kind of thought oh you know what why are we even bothering with this with this march you know we're not going to get a vote if if if, if Parliament isn't going to pull its finger out. And what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't ba- I wasn't bouncing down to Eurostar to to, to go to it either. So I thought, well, you know, I've got you know, look, I'm going to go. It's important, you know. I've said I'm going. I need to be seen. It, it, you need to you need to stamp up. You need to step up, and you need to be be seen. And you need. And I went, and it was amazing. It was incredible, wasn't it? I mean, it was really really. It was incredible. amazing, and there is an element of self-reinforcement here where you you're part of something and you go and you look on the tv and you want to see oh how many people did they report and you know is it is it is it 
getting top story billing and if it isn't it's like oh, yeah, they're yeah, just course, ignoring yeah. us and if it's oh, fantastic we'd, I mean there's an element of that of course there always, there's always an element to this but this was different you know I've been yeah, on a really lot was. of marches and this was this was different this felt like you know uh, the poll tax march or the or the um, the the Iraq war march now okay of course okay now the Iraq war okay that didn't um, that ultimately did not lead to a change in policy uh, whereas the poll tax one did but the, the, the Iraq War one didn't. Okay. But it did. But it, but, but, it's had a, but it certainly had a. It certainly had yes, a role historically. Exactly. Role. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is yep. that what that did? Demos form all sorts of different uh, functions, uh, and you know, in Britain, often we tend to be rather snooty about them, look down our nose at them, or think, well, they don't change anything. So what's the point of them? Well, that's not always the point of demos. The point of them is to create. A groundswell of opinion is to is to is to re, is to amplify is to give people a sense that no 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 you're not alone. What, exactly, you're not alone. What you believe yeah. here matters, and there are others who also feel the same way. And this is going somewhere. This is so. In terms of the dynamics, the political dynamics, they're actually really important. And this yeah, was I agree. Uh, this felt like a step change in the post-referendum, post-2016 referendum, the Brexit dynamic. This felt like... Yeah, yep. And also not just in the fact that there were so many people who turned out, but also in the way in which it was being reported and being noticed. It felt yeah, and you compare, you compare it with previous ones that had, you know, you know low billing, um, uh, few, few, very few reporters yeah. there. yeah. They've had sky, they've had the sky helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and, and they've and, had reporters yeah. everywhere. It had, um, but even just the, the the mood of the crowd. I mean, the mood of the crowd. When I was on the yeah. one in March last year, that was a very big demo. But it was an awful lot of people, very middle class, very people who were not comfortable being there, hadn't been on marches before, yeah. and you know, no noise. It was all very genteel. Uh, walking down Whitehall, passing Downing Street, no chanting, no noise. Oh my God, that was different this time. That, that was yeah, really yeah. different. Yeah, there was, was a people lot with a point of noise. People yeah. were angry. You know, people really, really angry. So, um, and this was their opportunity to let off some of that steam. And boy, they did. And that was really, that was a great feeling, actually. It was a great feeling. Yeah, a great it was. part of that. But just on a personal level, I mean, oh my God, Steve, wasn't that amazing? We met so many people that we've, you know, interacted with online and, I, it's just, it was wonderful. I mean, I'm not even going to start name, oh, you know, God, naming we, we, people. We'd have to spend the rest of the podcast listing people <laughs> if we, I know, if so we if you're listening to this and we met you and I, you know, I, on, on Saturday, just every person that I met and talked to and who said you know, that they had seen something that I tweeted or they'd listened to one of our podcasts, all of that just meant such a lot. And yeah, it really did. Amazing really people. Did. But it was, it was also just fantastic to get to meet. I mean, because... Okay, people are spread out all over the country, but I think particularly with us being in, uh, with us being in, in large, you know, largely in Brussels, and not in, <clears throat> not in the metropolis. Um, you know, we don't, we don't meet up for drinks with people that mm, we correspond exactly. with online. You know, and um, yeah, to meet, you know, people who you really admire yeah. and who, who's. Whose stuff, whose comments and views and opinions and analysis you really you re- and 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 campaigning and enthusiasm and energy you admire so much was just really really hugely exp- hugely was, hugely inspiring. So, exciting. so what happened was that um, after the event uh, or towards the end of the event, um, a lot of us slipped off to a to a pub in a secret location. <laughs> 
that have been pre-agreed and um, a, secret, a secret location at the bee, in the garden of the beehive in Vaughanville. <laughs> yeah, that we that we tweeted about live tweeted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just minutes walk from Vaughanville to Yeah, <sighs> and, and we we met we met people in real life who we met people in real life who who are anonymous yeah. to the rest of the world as well, which was a which was a real treat. That was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, we met some we met some anonymous tweeters who. Um, <laughs> yeah, just turned up and like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> so that was interesting, and um, and that, that was organised by uh, it was all organised by by Nikki and the um, Nikki Blake from Barnsley, Brooke from Barnsley. Who everybody should follow. She gets and a mention. The, We're not uh, going to mention. Uh, she's the only one because she organised it and she was amazing. And what she's she not did, the only one. Doctor Tanya gets mentioned as well. I mean, Professor Absolutely. Tanya gets mentioned. Professor yeah. um, Tanya and um, well, we, we, now you're starting. So now we're going to have to mention everybody. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, God, no. But, no, no, no. We've got to stop. We've got to stop there. Well, look. Let me. Let me. Oh, but then Damon will be really upset. Well, Democrat was there. You see, I didn't meet Democrat. Yeah, Democrat. Yeah, no, Democrat I, I, I left too. Yeah. I left too soon. But um, what? Mr. Banks. Let's just. Um, what? Sorry. Mr. Banks. Oh yeah, Mr. But what, what part of what the point of this gathering was is that Nikki realised that this was, you know, one of a very, very, very rare opportunity that people were going to actually get together IRL, which means in real life. The kids tell me, um, and um, so they so they uh, did some uh, did some videos and recordings, and uh, people gave some talks, which Final Save Roll is going to yeah put to get put together and uh, and 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 put out as and we put uh, part them, of the campaign which yeah is, when which when is they do we, we should definitely give that some some um, some Twitter love because um yeah very much <clears> what so. I wanted to say was that indeed um, Nikki had organised it so that people would have the opportunity to stand up and just speak for a couple of minutes on why Brexit is personal to them yeah. to give their personal stories. And that, this was a fun. This was an inspired idea because so much of that has been missing, or certainly was missing during the actual referendum campaign. And yeah. what I think is really now beginning to come across is just how personal this is for people. What a nightmare it's going to be for them in their in their daily lives. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Their it's relationships, not just about, their jobs. You see, people think it's about preferences. People think it's because we would prefer it a different mm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> And of course, that's true to a degree. Um, we all have our preferences, the things that would, you know, make us happier about the relationship with Europe and so on, or or about the EU and 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 what have you. But when it comes down to it, the harm of Brexit, the reason it's such an existential issue, is personal. Is about the effect it's going to have on individuals. You know, mm. all every time somebody mentions GDP. Um, for a region or for the or for the whole country, you know, this is this is people's this yeah. is people's jobs. And when people mention citizens' rights, this, these are individuals whose lives are going to have to change and be made harder as a result of it. So this, for me, is what's changed. You know, um, it's a cliche to say that the in the referendum in the referendum campaign in 2016, it all the emotion was on the leave side and that all remain had was sort of stale stodgy facts and economics 
And to me, this is what's changed. This is what will be different yeah. about a people's vote, about a final say for all. Because now, you know, we're the ones with the personal stories. What have they got to compare with our stories of loved ones being stranded or people not being able to do their jobs anymore or not being able to bring home their sick um, children? And, and, you know, this is the difference. You know, or worrying well, they're not going to be able to pay their mortgage. Yeah, yeah. this is why it's all changed. This is, this, I, I, um, I was in a conversation with somebody today and I said, I said, look, show me, show me a case of an ordinary person who's genuinely going to be better off as a result of Brexit. You can't. Whereas I can show you thousands, literally hundreds of thousands of people whose lives will be materially worse off as a result of Brexit. Ordinary people, not hedge fund millionaires and billionaires who who made a killing from this, but real-life, genuinely people. Yeah. Okay? So this is what's changed. And the fact that all of these people who really are going to have their lives turned upside down, the fact that they are simply being denied, dismissed, ignored, othered, this is where the anger came from that you saw on Saturday. And that anger isn't going to go away. And that is why if we do have a a people's vote, I think all bets are off. It'll be a completely different situation. And if we don't have that people's vote, people are going to be even more angry. And that is yeah, going yeah, to lead to yeah. an absolutely seismic shift in British politics, I think, going forward. It has to, because yeah, you can't keep that kind of stuff. That's a pressure cooker. You know, this is real people, real lives being seriously um, disrupted, being messed about by a bunch of fucking ideologues. Sorry, I'm getting ranty again now. No, no, it's good. <laughs> no, no, but I think, but I think you're right about. Other, I think you're right about the othering. I think this is really, this is really kind of central to it um <clears throat> you know the 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 government acts as if the 48 are the enemy yeah i mean the government like <laughs> parliament does yeah i mean the, these are the people who are meant to meant to represent all all of the people you know and you have so you have majority majority tyranny by 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 a by a minuscule by a minuscule a yeah. minuscule margin of but majority. This, I mean, seriously, there are very very strong parallels with the poll tax. Very strong very parallels. Much, yeah, very the much. poll tax was all about a bunch of ideologues in Margaret Thatcher's government who th- saw this in purely ideological terms and pushed it through against the clear, you know, distress and anger of their base of the middle class, of ordinary people, who just felt that this was an outrageous abuse of power. Mm. And it's exactly that same feeling that's, that, you, that you sense about Brexit and about the way in which it's being handled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I, I, and, and they've, cut for cross, they've cut for cross all classes. I mean, I think you, yeah. really saw that at the, you really saw that at the march. There were people from everywhere and from every, every walk of life there, you know? That, that's another um, thing, isn't it? Is that is the, the, the constant refrain you get from certain kinds of uh, remains? It's like the, the, the disgusting Hartley Brewer comment about we demand afficaccia with rosemary and, and, and sea salt and we demand it now. You know, as if the people out there, as if their anger was somehow selfish and self-obsessed. And self-indulgent, yeah. Self-indulgent. And do, you know, do you know what I find about these comments most... 
fucking upsetting, actually, and most outrageous. <sighs> you know what it's doing? It's telling, it's telling people... It's telling people that things aren't for them. Yeah. It's tell that co- that comment yeah. about Focaccia and, and it's telling people, yeah, you you don't yeah, like yeah. Focaccia, do you? That's that shit's not for you. Yeah. That's not for you. You just stay in your little fucking yeah. box. Yeah. None of this has anything to do with you. I was doing an I was doing an article on um uh on freedom of movement yeah. this week. Um so I've been thinking about this an awful lot, you know. Yeah. And there's this constant refrain that, that you know, uh, f- that freedom of movement's just for the middle classes. It's just for people who yeah. can afford it. It's just for people who can, uh, who can decide to buy a house and yeah. buy a house on the Riviera or afford to retire. It's infuriating. Yeah. It's it's absolute bullshit. Not only is that actually bullshit because it's, uh, it's every again, it's every single walk of life that yeah. that you've exercised their freedom of movement, and very often actually. And I know this, know this from people, people I know personally. Very often, it's 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 moving somewhere cheaper because it's so hard yeah. to manage in the yeah. UK. Actually, is one of the yeah. reasons for it. But, um, telling people that it's for other people, yeah, is abusive. This is this is a this is a form of abuse. It's a way of keeping people down. It's a way of telling them that world, that big world out there. If not for you, you wouldn't like that. We just stay around here. And it goes even further than that. It, it, it makes out that it's unpatriotic to want yeah. anything else. It's unpatriotic to broaden your horizons. Steve, you, you nailed it the other day. You said um, on Saturday when we were at the pub, you said it. It's, the government is gaslighting its own citizens. It is. Absolutely it's exactly nailed it. Doing that. It's exactly doing that. It's emotional abuse. It's, a, it's an abusive relationship. It's looking people right in the eye. And we'll come to this because they did that because they did this exactly last week. It's looking people right in the eye and telling them that the evidence they can see with their own eyes is not the case. Yeah. It's telling people that things are things that are undisputably true are untrue, yeah. and things that are lies are true. Yeah. And it's 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 exactly that. It's to call it disrespectful it's, is <laughs> is the understatement of the year. They, they, these take, people, they have no respect for you. I mean, zero. You're just a number, you're just a, a, a number on a bit of paper. Eh? And is that, is that a democracy? Is that taking back control? Is that, what you, is that what you think government should be? No, of course not. Of course no, I'm, not, I'm not asking course. you. I'm asking some okay. random, I don't know, person that I'm angry with. Yeah. Yeah. But to, but to tell people that these things aren't for you, that these things are only for other people, that to be concerned about these things... Is only for other people, and that's what's so is, is, exactly, exactly. And it brings me back to what we were saying earlier about, um, well, you know, you're not allowed a voice because, oh, well, you work for the EU, therefore you're not allowed to have a voice, or well, you live abroad, so you can't have a voice, or well, if you're speaking, you must be somebody who sits there in your vineyard with a glass of wine in your hand, or you know, oh, well, I'm so sorry, you won't be able to have your summer holiday to to the Dordogne, and I mean, I mean, look, firstly, that's a ridiculous caricature of perfectly normal people who are allowed to have a fucking voice. And yeah. secondly, even if I do choose to do that, so the fuck what? Why should my voice be ignored? Who yeah, gave you absolutely. who said that you're right, you know, who gave you the right to have a more important voice than me? Since when are we discriminating between citizens now on the basis of but whether or not they choose the to it's telling, eat for catcher? It, Jesus Christ. But it's telling it's telling people who don't who 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 
who don't who think that they don't have access to these things or that they can't the, these things sound very exotic and they but they'll it'll never happen to them it's telling them yeah, that that's true it's telling exactly. them that'll never happen and we know we know from the people we know in Brussels we we're friends with in Brussels i know itinerant musicians itinerant musicians in Brussels i know uh, writers who moved here because it's because it's it's cheaper um i know uh, the pasty man who moved here because he met a Belgian girl. I mean, how many people do we know I'm, who, I'm who moved the here po- because I mean, they met a Belgian apart girl? Apart from Laura, obviously, I'm nearly, nearly the poshest British person in Brussels, and I'm not posh at all. You're quite posh. I'm not. I'm really You're posher not. than me. No, I, I've got a posher accent than you. Only a bit. That's, that's the definition, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you can speak Latin, for fuck's sake. I'll speak it. I can, can read it. You could, you could say that in Latin. <laughs> Fucking southerners. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's alienated half of our... <laughs> more, more than half of our listenership, probably. <laughs> Liberal metropolitan elite. We're people too. <laughs> well, this become, but that's, become, that's the point. That's become, an, that's become an insult. It's become an insult to say... Yeah. That, to, to, as if it's an affront to learn another language. It's an affront to go... It's, un, it's well, classic unpatriotic to live somewhere else. It's... Um, what have you got? Why aren't you at home? Why? Why? Why don't you want to stay here? Yeah. Why don't you just? Why don't you just stay around here instead? What? What? What do you think's so great out there? I mean, this, yeah, is, no, this no, is about limiting. This is about limiting limiting people's horizons. It's about limiting their breadth of experience. Yeah, stay in your and box. It's about, it's it's about trying to make people's lives small, and that is yeah. that is that is an absolute disgraceful disgrace. People only get one life. Yeah. And it's up to and it's up to them how big they want it to be and how wide they want it to be. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to stay at home either. But it's your choice to do that. And this is this is about taking those choices away. It's not even not even just taking the choices away technically. It's about making people making people not not even know that they have those choices, you know? Well as, got, as we were uh, saying as we as we were saying, you know, um if you ditch Freedom of movement. If you if you leave the EU and all of the freedoms that that brings, you're not taking those opportunities away from the elite. They'll have them anywhere. What you're doing is you're taking it away from everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. um, I'm I'm pretty sick of having the elite call me an elite. I, I must say, I'm 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 about done with that. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll, I'll actually take it from non from non elites, but I won't take it anymore from well, elites. I'll, I'll listen to it and I'll push it back at them, but I'm certainly not taking it from Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg. From stockbrokers, they and do journalists not get to, yeah, Nigel Farage. They, he does not get to call me an elite. No, no. So I was, I was, I had to Google it because, of course, it's one of those classic Simpsons quotes, isn't it? But um, a noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. Said Jebediah Springfield, the founder of Springfield. So we're now in a world, you know, we're now in a world where e- even that motto applies in in the inverse, isn't it? It's yeah. um, a Brexit spirit in littles, in little the meanest spirit, you know. Anyway, and it is mean. It's about others not. It's about it's about others not having things. Yeah, you whether can't. They're, whether 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 they're whether they're E twenty seven citizens or or British citizens in the UK, or 
uh, or, or people who who are minded to exercise yeah. to exercise their rights. Yeah. Are it's, you, it's, yeah. are you, you know, British? Are you British? Did you are you British enough? Do you, did you yeah, now. did you did you um, vote for Remain in the in the referendum? Well, tough. Fuck yeah, you. Tough shit. You may not you may not aspire to embiggenment. No. <laughs> Get behind it. It's a perfectly cromulent word, Steve. It's a very good word. So, should we, um... That was a very good rant. Should that was a good rant. To... That's got a lot off my chest, rant, actually. Yeah. That was a good rant. That was, actually, that, that was my... That was, that was much better than the article I've written on this subject, actually. <laughs> I might go and rewrite it and just with the transcript of, of, of that conversation. Uh, should we, um... Should we move on to Lie of the Week? Have we got a cracker uh, this week? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Let, let's... Hit music. Roll the music. Run the music. I don't believe you. You're a liar. Oh, lie of the week. Oh, <laughs> lie, lie of, the, of week. the week. Well, I mean, I was going to say that sometimes I, uh, I do worry about you know, litigation, and we try to be very careful about what we say as a lie being uh, being demonstrably and provably a lie. This week, I, <laughs> this week, I have no problems whatsoever saying that this is an absolute lie. Whopper of a lie. Do you want to say it? Brexit dividend. Brexit fucking dividend. <laughs> what a whopper. This is, I mean, this is... This is a new low. And it's the Prime Minister <laughs> saying that there'll be extra money for the NHS funded by the Brexit dividend. It's the bus, isn't it? This is the Prime Minister who knows that is not true. This is, this is a, a different level because this is a knowing lie. Mm. Because Treasury figures, in, in, all independent analysts... And the Office for Budget Responsibility all say that this is this is untrue, mm. uh, and this is this is just an out and out lie. There will be potentially more money for the NHS, although it will still be below the average. This will still take us to below the average increases for the last thirty or forty years uh, in funding to the NHS. So it's still a sub-average increase, but it's more than they were going to give it mm. <laughs> otherwise. But it will not come from the Brexit dividend because there isn't a Brexit dividend, which has been shown beyond absolute doubt because mm. uh, the reduction in tax take will more than make up for the uh, and increasing costs will more than make up for the uh, what is it less than one percent of uh, of government spending that went on fees went on contributions to the EU yeah. budget. Well, I mean, you know that this is a, this is a. A real long-standing bugbear of mine. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've always hated all discussion of a Brexit dividend or the cost. Uh, you know, the, okay. So the UK has been traditionally a net contributor to the EU budget, but I've always objected to that framing. Always, it is an investment. The return on which is incalculably greater. Than the it's not even incalculable. There's figures about there's figures well, on the benefit to the economy of being in the EU, 
and the benefit of the economy and the benefit for tax take. But they're still massively, massively outstrips. Sure, the, but they're the, still the, the you know, contribution finger in the finger in the wind. I mean, it, 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 they they can't possibly capture all the benefits that that come from being part of the uh, single market. So there's the economic, and then of course there's the political, uh, and we, you know we don't have to rehash the, that. But but the even to frame it, even even to frame it in such narrow terms as well, we'll get this money back. It's mm. like you know, okay, so sure, so you know what you 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 that tired old gym analogy. So you quit the gym, um, yeah, great. You know that's hundred quid a month. I don't know. I have no idea how much gyms cost. I've never been near a gym in my life. But no, me neither. Obviously, uh, <laughs> I'm a fed, sedentary indoor, slow moving mammal. So. <laughs> But however much it costs, in fifty quid a week or thousand quid a month, I have no idea, um, and I'm never going to find out. I, I do love that you don't even have a sense of the order of magnitude. Does that out me as a liberal metropolitan? Could, I don't know how much yeah, milk I mean, costs. No, no, a metropolitan elite would be if, if, if definitely a, mem- a member of the gym. <laughs> I mean, gee, well. But I, I don't know. I just love that you, there's, there's nothing between a couple of bob a week and the price of a car a month. You know, <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> I honestly have no clue. But the point is that you know you you, you you pay that money to get something in return, and that thing might be something as uh, as narrow in scope as slightly better physique. But probably most people put that money. Um, into living longer and living more healthily and having more energy and, and all those things that I really ought to be doing. You know, I mean, that, that's not, you know, so you get that money back that you can now spend on what cigarettes and, you know, great. Um, Is that why people go to the gym? I always thought it was just to, you know, show off a bit and stuff. Wow. wow. Is that really why people, wow, okay. Yeah, I think it's all about staying alive, <laughs> I, I believe. Yeah. That's cute for a bit of music there. Uh, my favourite analogy is... Uh, giving up a job that uh, pays a thousand pounds a month yes, because exactly. your bus pass costs you great twenty pounds a month. You know, uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, you're Sorry. pissing on your own chips. Yeah, no, um, micturating on your freaks to put it in continental <laughs> terms. <laughs> micturating on your freaks. And what what was worse still? Which I don't, I'm not sure we've got time to talk about this time. Maybe we'll come back to it. But we've touched on it before. The official number 10 t- Twitter feed was used for this as well. There were graphics put out saying that this would be paid for by the Brexit dividend through the official government feed. And, mm. you know, there is a response. <laughs> she, can, she, she can go and lie if she wants, and she can go and take responsibility for it. But the official government, official government communica- communications channels should not be used to lie about non-security sensitive information like that you know mm. i really think that was that was uh that was that was really something new there i thought and actually often the dxu you know the the dxu feed will put will put spin on stuff and they'll say it's not as bad as it, it looks and that that kind of thing mm. um but i've never seen a direct lie you know i've seen things i i um <laughs> I think uh, 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 de- deliberately misleading about the situation, but I don't think I've ever seen a direct lie like that coming out of uh, coming out of official government communications. And if ministers put 
civil servants in the position of having to do that. Mm. This is really, uh, this is really disgusting. This is really a, um, a, a big threat to our system of government. You know, it shows how far we fall. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I don't have much to add to that, really. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we've we've discussed it um, a number of times how um, we, we're watching the real time erosion of our um, of our democratic system, and, and and that's how it feels, and and the way in which lies uh, have become something that's such an established part of the no, way in which no we do lies. politics. Yeah, and I mean it's astonishing yeah. that you've got this arcane, archaic parliament full of. Uh, strange rules about gentlemanly conduct and how you know in in the House of Commons um, the one thing that you can't do as an MP is stand up and call another member a liar and that no, leads to instant, language, yeah, it's a, you, it leads to instant exclusion and yet they are demonstrably <laughs> many of them do nothing but lie through their teeth yeah absolutely and that's become the new normal. an accepted and normal part of party politics and, and government and, and so yeah, yeah. so but, but you know if you feel like this dear listeners if you feel like this and you weren't at the march last weekend you're not alone you know and that's what that's certainly what i what i got from yeah from from the last week is that uh, people who might feel they're alone, people who might think they're they're in their local local pub or or cafe or talking to their friends or whatever, and that they're 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 piffing in the wind, and they're the only one who can see it. You're not. You're really not. <clears throat> can I say another thing that um, I, I that makes me happy about the fact that so many people turned out for this demonstration and that it got such a lot of coverage, and that's the fact that it was seen overseas. And I've heard so many people. Yes. Um, so many friends and, and colleagues have, have, have said to me, not not so much colleagues actually, as, as, as friends who who are not in the whole EU bubble or, 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 or obsessed with Brexit, but just sort of perfectly normal um, Germans or, or you know or, or French people will say to me, "Why aren't people out on the streets? What you know? Yeah. We, we have a lot of sympathy for Britain, but." You people should be out there demonstrating the fact that you're just—you just seem to be accepting this, and that makes us think that actually you kind of deserve it because nobody's nobody's standing up and, and, and resisting you're not doing anything this. about it. Yeah. And I think you know this 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 was picked up very broad, very widely um, by foreign media, and, and I think people see you know actually okay, there is an opposition to this, and there is a resistance to this, and these people do feel very strongly about it. Now, where we go from here is another question. So I know that, for example, um, one uh, friend of mine on on Twitter sort of came back and said, well, this is great. Now we need to build up to the kind of East German style, you know, everybody going out every Monday to demonstrate locally as they used to do in Leipzig and Dresden. And before you know it, you know, you built enough critical mass to overthrow this thing. I'm thinking, all right, (laughs) that'd be great. But don't hold your breath for that. I, you know, I just don't think that that's something that... We, you know what? But we don't need that. What we need is we need enough. We need enough people to make our representatives think 
we have to we can't go on we we can't just go on with this in the shambolic dreadful form that it's happening yeah, exactly, and that and that and that they won't be castigated for that. They'll be they'll obviously they will be by some whatever they do anyway. But they'll but that um, but there'll be huge numbers of people that have their backs on this and mm. respect them for that. Well, I just come back and to what, and that's what we need. To, that's what we need to. That's where we need to direct our fo- direct mm. our focus. You know. Yeah, I, I just want to come back to the, to, to the parallels that I drew with the poll tax and, and the anti, mm. anti-poll tax movement. I think that, that people talk too much about, well, the Iraq war demo never made any difference and, and demos never... I think we're looking at the wrong thing. I think the parallel is with the poll tax and that did make a difference. Yeah, and it was a much it, it more... Really did, yeah. It's a far more sim, similar political... Um, it, ma- it made a policy become untenable. Yeah, and the policy was very similar to Brexit. It was, a, it was an ideological one pushed by... Uh, by, by a small group uh, and it and done it, it done at all costs yeah yeah yep. no i really think that i really think that is the parallel i, I think that's a, that's that's definitely the the right parallel steve i think we need to wrap up yeah well, we're not alone though no we are think? most definitely not alone and, and i f- i feel that very strongly uh, I, I wish i could um yeah i mean i wish you know everybody that i met on Saturday, I didn't. You and I were not on the march together. We, we met up afterwards. No, no. I was no, with, I was um, with a group of MEPs. Yeah, and I, I was with the British in Europe um, group. Um, and um, what, a, yeah. what a lovely bunch of people! And um, it's very diverse. And from all parties, from all parties. Well, I meant to say this earlier. Yeah. You know, for, for anybody, I mean, people on the far right and the far left have been desperate to show that this was um, this was about. It was about attacking one side, or it was about attacking mm. Corbyn, or or, um, or it was a bunch of Lib Dems, or it was a bunch of Greens, you know. Mm. And it wasn't. It was people from people from all all parties as well. I mean, it, actual representatives from all parties, mm. but also people with different party leaders. I mean, I saw I saw many placards from every mainstream British mm. party there. You yeah. know, I saw flags from all the nations, um, yeah. and yeah, this this really. This, this really wasn't. I know there's a concerted effort among some to uh, to try to pass it off as that, and uh, yeah, no, that, that's, but that's not going to fly because it wasn't. We we were there. We know that. So demonstrably, it was, not. It was anybody who was there knows it wasn't. A, an absolutely cross party, cross generation, cross country, um, popular movement. It's a movement, Chris. Yeah, it's it a pro EU movement. And 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 as somebody else pointed out, you know the. The UK now has demonstrably the largest, most vocal pro-EU movement yes. in the EU. Yes, How's about it does. that? Absolutely. Who could have predicted that? <laughs> <laughs> There's your silver lining. Yeah. There's your unicorn chaser. Yeah, I think we should leave it on that note because that's a great note to leave. That's it on. not going to go away. No. I mean, you know, whatever happens next year, that's not going to go away. So that's that's very exciting. Absolutely. Okay. A positive note. Yes. Who would have thought it from Cake Watch? I know. What did they describe us as this week? Somebody, somebody, somebody said that we were. What? Well, well, I didn't always, hear that. Yeah, no. There was a somebody. Somebody very kindly gave us a recommendation. Um, oh, but it was, was North. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, he said, he said ne- never cheerful. Yeah, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It was a compliment. It's true, it was intended and taken as a compliment. But um, for one week only, you can have a bit of cheeriness here, yeah. folks. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much, Chris. Thank you, Steve. It was uh, great to see you in the flesh on Saturday, yeah. as always. Yep, and you, and so great to see everybody else. As yeah. Well. Oh, so wonderful. Back next week. Yeah, back next week, howling back into the void. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Steve. Good night, Chris. Good night, everyone. Natural